0: yeah i really wrestle with this and my coach will say like so what's enough paul right And i think uh, most entrepreneurs have to wrestle with this this question because the ceiling can be unlimited well it's limited by your time right and in your energy of what you have welcome to the prosperity perspective by dml a conversation
1: about how successful business owners invest their hard earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Paul Casey for another wonderful episode here on The Prosperity Perspective and uh, excited for Paul to share a little bit about us as we uh, learn about his story. So, Paul, you mind introducing yourself to the audience?
0: What a pleasure to be on your show, Liam. Yes, I'm a solopreneur and I run a business called Growing Forward Services, which is uh, coaching and equipping leaders and teams to spark breakthrough success. That's my mission I do that through uh, one-to-one and group leadership coaching, through uh, soft skills training, got about 20, 25 seminars, Uh, been able to speak uh, even 300 times in the last few years, which is great even in COVID, although that was a lot of virtual, which wasn't quite as fun, Uh, and also through team building retreats, whether that's strategic planning or relationship building to bring teams closer together. Very cool.
1: Uh, have you always been in that space?
0: Yes, and um, I started out as actually a fifth grade teacher years ago, uh, became a school principal, um, then a, a executive and a family pastor at a church, and then came to this. So uh, back to your always question, maybe not, but I've always been an educator in some way.
1: So the education is kind of the golden thread for you, and yes. helping others. It sounds like, and obviously, it sounds like the skill stuff that you're doing, um, and the coursework makes a lot of sense there. Uh, in terms of the uh, the coaching piece and the breakthrough success, right? Uh, is that just another manifestation of that for you on a on one to one level instead of a one to many?
0: It is, and I I heard about coaching. Uh, many years ago. And I thought, oh, life coaching sounds a little woo woo. You know, I don't know if I should go in there or not. I actually went to a coffee shop by with a guy, his car business card was there and it said life coach. I'm like, I'm going to just check this out. And I met with him and didn't really care for his approach because it was a little bit in my face and I was leaning back going, okay. And I learned that's not really coaching, but I did love the opportunity to help people develop a vision for their life, for their business, uh, you know, put some actions and goals next to that so that they can realize their best life. And I thought that's what I do naturally. I love doing that. And so, uh, I sort of made that three-legged stool, you know, like I said, the coaching, the training and the and the team building. How did
1: you decide to go out on your own, right? Uh, you know, leave the comforts of education or pastoral work, so to speak, right? And uh, go start your own thing.
0: Yeah, I um, I did start the dream job while I had the day job, <laughs> as many entrepreneurs do. And it just seemed like, there were people in the world that really wanted to grow as much as I did. They just, they were hungry for it. They would pay money for it. And I thought, okay, that's the crowd that I want to hang out with, where sometimes, you know, in the uh, the nonprofit world, uh, not everyone wants to grow quite as much as that. And even though I would try to pour into people with uh with the, the things that I had to offer, it just was met with sort of a casual like a uh, hand clap, you know, but it wasn't like, I want to incorporate this into my life and grow. So I felt like I needed to bust out on my own and uh, actually charge money for things so that people would put their money where their mouth is and invest in themselves.
1: What was that process like for you in uh, obviously that transition and, and getting to that point of success?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. That that first year, when I decided I was going to resign from the day job and uh, launch full time on the dream job, my wife uh, six months in said, um, "I don't know if we should be doing this because you know, when you're a solopreneur, your income goes to zero like right away, you know." And it's like, all right, I got to network the heck out of this town that I live in, and shaking hands, going to chamber events and business networking international events. And uh, it was really hard to not have too many clients in those first six months. And I said, honey, if you could just hang in there for a little bit longer, I think I'll turn the corner in July. You know, And I did. I got a couple of big gigs then. And, uh, and then I realized, okay, it's going to be okay. And then one year later, I got an anchor client uh, who is now sending me many, multiple leaders to coach and to do some training. And I knew once I got that um anchor client i could resign from the two little part-time jobs that i had and i haven't looked back since that was seven years ago so there were still some uh we'll call them
1: life-saving pfds uh on the part-time <laughs> gigs that wife made you have for a little while there <laughs> uh, Yep. very nice so once you got to that point of not looking back and success right didn't have to worry about having multiple jobs food on the table roof over the head You've got cash flow coming in. What was your framework in terms of, you know, how you spent that cash and, uh, you know, where you allocate it in terms of either pouring back in the business, right? House, like what sort of things uh, did you put that towards?
0: Sure. Well, my main core value is my faith in God. So. I've always lived the life of blessed to be a blessing, right? So if God blesses me with income, I'm going to just be a pass-through of that to, first of all, my family and then to my community. And so uh, I've always operated by giving at least 10% back to my church. And then I've brought in that over the years to about 15 to 20% of my income, giving it to charities. And so that's been very rewarding for me. I remember my CPA that first year uh, saying like, Paul, you're giving like 20%. What are you doing? I actually said, what are you doing? You know, and I'm like, well, that's just who I am. I mean, that's that's my core values. And I wanted to, to, to give back. He goes, well, that is very admirable. I still remember him looking at me in the eyes like I was a nut, you know, like, what what are you doing? But that that is living true to myself. Um, and actually, just to take a side note on that, Liam, I love online auctions, like from local charities. Like, I, I just love them so much because I think everybody wins. The donor wins for donating the item, right? They get the tax write-off. The charity wins; they get my money, and I win because I get to enjoy something uh, that I, that I wanted anyway. So I think it's a win-win-win. So that's one of the things uh, that I do through my my donations is online auctions. A couple other things, Uh, of course, some non sexy things, you know, contributing to an IRA, a Roth IRA, a solo 401k, um, you know, where I use my financial planner because that's not my favorite arena to dwell in, but I know I need it, you know, for the future. So did some of that. Uh, Try to take vacations, uh, several vacations a year. Um, I was trying to model what I heard one guy say, one entrepreneur, he said, my goal is to take one day off a week. One week off a month, and one month off a year. And I thought, "There's my goal." He said, "I heard this like seven years ago, uh, when I when I went full time with my uh, with my gig." And I so I so I've actually been I was I was more successful last year at the one week off a month, not as much this year. I'm getting really good though at the one day off a week because I could work forever. It's so much fun uh, to do my job. And this year, I'm actually going to go for it for the one month off a year. I'm going to take a sabbatical. Uh, in july and take a full 30 days off so that's going to be so much fun what are you doing in that time well uh you know broadly i'm going to let my soul catch up with my body <laughs> but that sounds probably a little esoteric there uh, i'm going to read a lot i love to read i read uh, 52 books a year so one book a week uh so i'm going to read even more which is going to be great um i'm going to hopefully play some golf because i love golf as one of my hobbies I'm going to sit on the deck, we bought a uh, vacation home uh, back in December, Uh, so it's two and a half hours north of here, and so we're going to sit on the deck and uh, enjoy the beautiful view that we have, and enjoy my wife, enjoy our our new puppy that we got, a Lhasa Apso named Gizmo, and uh, I'll probably, I haven't planned out the whole thing yet but I do want to spend extra time in prayer meditation and some other little things, but I'm going to try not to work at all. That'll be tough. So of all the books that you read, if you were to recommend one to,
1: uh, you know, entrepreneurs uh, that you would say, (laughs) Hey, this had,
0: this had a big impact. What would that one be? Oh man, you're going to put me on the spot with this one. This is, this is tough because it's really what genre uh, do you want to talk about? Like, you know, if it's leadership, I would definitely say the leadership challenge by uh, Kuzas and Posner. Um, you know, if it's going to be a time management kind of a deal, which is one of my niches I speak in, you know, getting things done was very pivotal for uh, for me to live intentionally and manage my time intentionally. You know, if it's relational, I'd say Crucial Conversations was a game changer for how to have the difficult conversation. So, yeah, I know I'm uh, answering your question in many different directions, but. Uh, I feel like I've got a a key book in many different categories.
1: Uh, A resource for sure in terms of uh, reading, I bet. Um, (laughs) You talked about, uh, uh, let's go to uh, (laughs) the part that's not as sexy or fun for you. When you were talking about the 401k and the Roth, and how did you go about doing that and setting that up? Because
0: now that you're independent and solo. Yeah. So I've had the financial planner from when I was in nonprofit work and he wasn't getting any commission because I wasn't making any money at all. I mean, I was making money, but just enough to feed my family. Right. And he didn't take any commission from that. I'm surprised he even took me on, but I am very loyal to him because he was there for me when I didn't have much money to invest in anything. And now I'm able, of course, he's able to make a fee on my investments on that. So I've really depended on him and I, I teach. I go to him twice a year because I want to learn something, because it's not my sweet spot. I mean, you could run circles around me, Liam, in this uh in this arena of investing, but I really depend on him to teach me something each time to know where to move money around and uh where to get the most investment and how it can impact my taxes uh as well in a positive way.
1: Um as we transition a slightly different direction, right? So you were talking about uh, the different areas that you put money, wanting to take time off, right? What does success or wealth? Uh, what does that look like to you? What are you striving for? Right? You you talked a little bit about striving for this one day a week, right? One week a month, one month a year, right? And that's a you know a time commitment, but. Uh, obviously it's probably broader than that and the monetary component fits into a broader strategy. What's that broader strategy for you?
0: Sure. Um, One of those would be uh, to be able to pay for whatever I need whenever I want to be able to pay for that. Uh, I remember the days where the washing machine would break and it's like, where's that going to come from? Right, We're going to have to put that on a credit card in order to do that. And to me now in a place where to be able to say the washing machine break, no worries we have the money there and it's going to, we're just going to be able to replace that. So that financial freedom is is definitely one of those. a second one is to have a uh, emergency fund to be able to be able to rely on in case there is some type of emergency that happens. I also have one of those I call it a profit first account. I can't remember the author that really uh, is a proponent of profit first because otherwise you just keep investing it back in the business. so he said to actually pay yourself first. So I pay, actually, uh, I pay. <laughs> there it is, you got the book. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I have this account, right, that I never touch, and money goes into that automatically, and it just feels good, like, okay, I'm actually making money, right? It's, it's there, and I'm not going to reinvest that in the business. Uh, and it feels like a win uh, to be able to have that. So that's another goal. Being able to leave money for it to my kids someday I have two children they're twenty three and twenty uh right now and to be able to be generous with them when I pass uh someday is another prong on uh, those future goals yeah so well, i have to imagine
1: that you're you're moving right along and in a very good spot relative to those goals right um at a certain point, if you haven't already, you're going to meet slash surpass, right? Those components. And then I imagine it's, is it just leaving more for the kids and giving more, right? Or is there a higher purpose to the money or does the work ramp down to just stay consistent, right? Like where's your mindset in terms of what that looks like for growth for you and, you know, how you balance that,
0: uh, right? Growth for the company, growth for you, right? Family life, et cetera. Yeah, I really wrestle with this. And my coach will say like, so what's enough, Paul, right? And I think uh, most entrepreneurs have to wrestle with this this question because the ceiling can be unlimited. Well, it's limited by your time, right? And in your energy of what you have. But uh, my business is called Growing Forward. And it's one of my three top values, right? Faith, family, and growth. So um, I want to keep taking the next hill, but I realize at some point uh, I'm going to get tired you know, if I keep up the pace that I am. So I know the pivot that I need to make is to probably get some other coaches under the Growing Forward brand, so that I can also live at the pace that I want. And it's not about the money anymore. It's about the pace that I want to live. And uh, I'm very intentional with my time management now. But I really also want to start cheating then like not work at all on Saturday. And then I want to take half of Friday off. And then I want to take half of Monday off <laughs> and start living the, uh, I think Tim Ferriss would call it the, the pre-retirement life now while I have more energy um, instead of waiting for someday when I turn 65 or 70 and maybe I'm not as mobile then and I can't travel as well or do some other things. So it's living that pre-retirement life now.
1: You had mentioned uh, time management, and I know that's a a big topic for you. Um, As you went through that evolution, right, and uh, obviously starting the company, getting it off the ground those first six months, kind of what did time management look like for you in that first part? And,
0: uh, you know, how have you evolved uh, over your journey as a solopreneur? And I never want to forget that first year because I've asked other entrepreneurs, tell me about your first year. And they, they're they fuzzy on that. They're just like, I, oh, I don't even remember, but you'll make it. Like, it'll be great. And I'm like, that wasn't helpful. <laughs> and I know that's partly why you do this podcast, right, Liam, is because you want to share strategies and have your guests share practical things. So I never want to forget that, that first year because it was a lot of uh, knocking on doors, so to speak, uh, and networking. And so I would put in lots of learning into my calendar in that first year, learning how to be good at my craft. Learning how to be a business owner, you know, a, a real bona fide business owner. Learning how to uh, do sales and marketing for the very first time in my life, because I I hung a shingle out during those years when I was at the day job, and they they, drew, they dried up. Those clients dried up, and I thought, oh, that was a fun little hobby, but I didn't know anything about marketing, so that was a big um, a new thing. So I did a lot of learning in that year one. One of my strengths finder um, strengths is uh, learner you know, and and inputs another one. So (laughs) two out of my five uh, are all about learning. So that's what I spent a lot of time doing in that first year. And so what I do is I time block everything. If you saw my calendar, it might make you a little nauseous, but you'll see things like breaks in there, day night with my wife uh, in there, time with my kids, you know, back then was in there. Uh, Everything from exercise, To filing, I know that sounds really boring, but even filing was in there just so the paperwork pile wouldn't get ridiculous and make me uh, feel like I can't do anything. So, time blocking as an entrepreneur is the only way that I've found to live life intentionally.
1: How do you balance? uh, I'm assuming you've read books or topics similar to Essentialism by Greg McKeown, or The One Thing by Gary Keller. How do you balance that time blocking and the intentionality with tackling the thing that's most
0: important? Oh, uh, usually it's through the process at the end of a day where I've, I've I've blocked out that daily preview. It's a daily review preview. So I celebrate my own wins because I'm a solopreneur, right? There's there's no one to celebrate with. My wife, you know, she's she's here, but the business stuff is sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. So I literally have a scoreboard in front of me. My big whiteboard is my scoreboard and I celebrate the wins of the day uh, of the day. And then I think about tomorrow, what are the three top priorities? So yeah, I know, I know the book was called the one thing, but uh, (laughs) I am an achiever as well. So it's usually three things that I want to accomplish in that next day and really limiting it to three because too many priorities means you have no priorities. And so um, if I get those three done, I, it tends to set off a snowball of productivity for the rest of the day. If I front load that in the morning um, and then I feel good, at least I got the three done, even if the rest of my day blows up for some reason.
1: Um, it's amazing. The days that I get that most important thing done first, just feel so much better. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had tried for a while to, I had time at the end of the day to go do it and it, it never worked well. Uh, <laughs> never worked well. Um, and so and it's uh, it's worked much much better uh similar to exactly what you are articulating um as you're it we've got listeners who are hearing your story paul you know what what's one piece of advice that you would give them uh, as they're going through this journey they're reaching that profitable state and they're trying to figure out you know uh how to spend their time and money and uh you know where to put their their resources
0: yeah, I would first of all say, come up with at least a one-year vision for where you want to be. And this is you as a whole person, including your business. At least a one-year vision, you probably want to go out five, 10 years uh, on that. That one might be another um, exercise, but at least have a one-year vision. How do you want to be uh, with your life humming on all cylinders one year from now? And put it in categories. Just take you know, your uh, close family relationships, your health and wellness your business, and then of course I break business into marketing, sales, clients, uh, and so forth. Your dreams, your vacation uh, or recreation, your finances. Uh, you know, have those categories, pick a point out there one year from now and, and write a little narrative or some bullets on where you wanna be. Then reverse engineer some goals in there that you're gonna plug in every month. Well, first of all, every quarter, then every month, then every week to make sure that that keeps going. Then build in some reviews where you have to look at those frequently to say, am I tracking or what do I need to literally build into my calendar to make that happen? And you will get to that vision.
1: I'm guessing structure has never been an issue for you, Paul.
0: (laughs) Am I sounding OCD to you, Liam? (laughs) No, it's very
1: uh, a strength, right? Um, It is. uh, You know, being able to rely on that and having the uh, repetitive nature that uh, essentially allows you to have success, right? It establishes a framework and a structure that uh, you can excel in, right? And it's different for every person, but you've clearly got yours and it's something that uh, works well for you. Right, I
0: can create within, to have those guardrails, um, very set and uh, very disciplined with them, then I can create within that or the schedule can, can dip and dive and move around and opportunities I can jump at or say no to as a result of having those guardrails.
1: I'm sure you've probably gone through Covey at some point then. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Um,
1: What was it that you were talking about goals, right? What was the goal that you set for yourself that was most impactful uh, to your success? most
0: impactful you know it, it was it's broad so i hate to even say it's a goal it's more of a vision than a goal but to give the time needed for each of the things that were most important to me. So again, a very broad, uh, cause you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in smart goals. <laughs> so uh, this doesn't pass that test right now, but but it really was that uh, it's not work-life balance either cause that's impossible, um, but it's more like work-life integration or a work-life rhythm to feel that all the plates are spinning but they're spinning at the pace that I want them to spin at. So. That's sort of the metaphor that I would use for that goal that I had. As we're wrapping up, Paul, what's the best way for the audience to be able to connect back with you? My website is growingforwardservices.net, growingforwardservices.net. And uh, of course, on all the socials like Paul D. Casey on LinkedIn, but uh, all things Paul Casey there are at growingforwardservices.net.
1: Awesome. Appreciate the time today,
0: Paul. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege and keep growing forward. Thank you for joining us today on the Prosperity Perspective.
1: If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners like yourself diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success.